Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my guest today is Josh Taylor. He is a filmmaker, designer, writer, art director, and creative strategist. But at his core, he is a creative change agent and business storyteller. He helps companies in the midst of pivotal change and transformation moments discover, craft, and share their own stories through creative content, experiences, and workshops. In order to help their employees and customers build stronger and emotional engagement and human connection to the business and its journey. Josh recently did a TED Talk in Salt Lake City about a year ago, actually, on storytelling. And we're going to get into a little bit of that. So welcome, Josh. Hey, thank you, Brian. I'm excited to be here. It's good to have you again. Yeah. <laughs> have it. Yeah, there's a backstory to this. Um, it's a good backstory. But yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've listened to a couple of episodes of your podcast. And I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. So tell me a little bit about your you know the, the the storytelling you know the art of storytelling and and you know then maybe why you were you know the ted talk that's fascinating to me that you did a ted talk and kind of the how and the why and how the, all that process and and you know maybe just kind of go down that road a little bit and see where this goes yeah yeah so the ted talk started um basically the journey towards that well, I'll say I've always been passionate about storytelling. I, I studied film and media arts at the University of Utah. Um, I wanted to be a director my entire life, basically. And eventually, I realized that the, the, the stories I wanted to make films about, you know, I, I wasn't seeing those being written. And so I was like, I guess I have to write these stories myself. And that's when I really fell in love with, with actual storytelling, like the actual, like the scripting of the film or, and then beyond that to, to really just story in general. And um, I found myself in this interesting position working within transformation within, within businesses and using story to basically help uh, individuals and organizations transform. And it was through this that I, I, I was holding the, a series of story workshops in early 2019. And basically one of the first things that we would do in these story workshops is, is I would ask attendees to do something that's kind of difficult, uh, but it ultimately be just a little bit vulnerable and, and, and share a big personal epic failure uh, on these little slips of paper. And, um, you know, it wasn't until after these workshops that I really had a chance to dive into and review some of some of these these failures. And some of them were amazing and incredibly vulnerable, honest and, and heartbreaking. I share some of them in the TEDx talk. But um, what was interesting is scattered throughout these failures, there was a there was an interesting theme that really stuck with me. Um, the word convince and persuade popped up over and over again in, in these in these slips of failure. And it was interesting because I know, you know, there is, you know, story is a tool, you know, that, that can be heavily effective for persuasion and, and convincing. But from, from my perspective, I've always found deeper value in story, more, more around the, the emotional connection and, and of course, the entertainment side of it. You know, ideally, we tell stories to an audience. And I think an audience simply just wants certain things out of a story. And when you're trying to persuade or convince my, my point of view is it, if you try too hard, you get too focused on your own opinions and ideas and you can't get whisked away by all that curiosity and wonder that's I think required to, to create a, a great story. And it was through that, that I was like, well, you know, I came to a question that was like, what if we're telling stories for the wrong reasons sometimes? And that's where, you know, it was through that question that I first felt somewhat compelled to try to try to give a TEDx talk because I felt like if there was anything that that I could get on stage and talk about it's probably that do you think like you know you know telling stories for the right reasons or wrong reasons that it can become if you try too hard it sort of becomes salesy and pitchy you know you're people feel pressured versus telling a story that's so intriguing that they want to in terms of a sales 
transaction they want to purchase. They don't want to be sold, but they want to purchase. Is that, does that make sense where I'm trying to go with that question? Yeah, definitely. It does. And I, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I can, I'll say this, I understand, you know, from, from a story perspective, right? Like when you think about the journey of, of, let's say a character in a story, they go from point A to point B throughout their, throughout the story. And, and ideally most stories, you know, it, there is a, a transformation or a change in, 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 in ultimately the main character through their journey. They actually change, whether it's, uh, you know, themselves, their, their opinions and ideas about the world or, or even the way that they see the world, that changes throughout the story. And, and so the idea of change and story, it, they're, they're interconnected and interweaved in, in, in a way that, you know, I, like I completely get the idea of trying to convince and change other people's minds through stories. Um, and yeah, I think, the problem really lies when you get too focused on trying to do that. Um, the, the, it, it can start to feel very, very preachy uh, and, and I guess salesy as well, you know, and, and there's just certain things that have to happen before you can ever get to the point of even trying to change somebody's mind. You know, it's, you have to hook an audience. You have to get them, pulled into that story uh they have to be entertained by it they have to see themselves within the story and there's so so there's so many other things that have to happen before that can even possibly happen but then at the root of it at least my point of view is there are certain things that you can control and there's certain things that you can't and when you think about changing somebody else's mind you can control it to a certain extent but at some point that person has to actually take action they have to do something differently that reflects that change and you can't control that behavior. Right. And, but what you can control is you can control everything that leads up to that. So again, the emotional connection, the ability to pull them into a story, that escapism and, you know, that relatability of a story. And yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the gist of it. So. So let's talk a little bit about your, your Ted talk, Ted talk. Cause that's fascinating to me because yeah. I secretly would love to do that but I'm afraid, I'm afraid of it as much as I like being in front of people. I, I like being a clown, but to, 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 but to get up and prepare something with no audience interaction would be tough for me. So I, tell me how I, that, cause I can do that. I, I mean, I was a mascot for three years for a professional soccer team in Denver. And even though I wasn't speaking, I was interacting. I had that crowd to feed off of an audience to feed off of, but to go just give a monologue for 10, 15 minutes, that's daunting. That's a, I didn't know that you were a mascot for a professional soccer team. That's incredible. Well, I'm a clown. <laughs> <laughs> that was 20 years ago. That's that's so, amazing. How did I not know that yet? Because I didn't tell you. Well, you should have told me way sooner. <laughs> I, just, I don't know how that comes up. Hey, by the way, you know I was a I was clown a... once? <laughs> I wasn't a clown. It was a fox, but anyway. that's That's awesome. Well, interestingly enough, like I've – if you I, like you should definitely do it because i think you would do an incredible job um and also like i saw that poster or that 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 thing that's on your wall right just off to your right i think you could give it a tedx talk specifically on that like oh if the, you, my be a friend of the friendless yeah yeah the exactly. hashtag b-a-f-t-t-f yeah you that the fact yeah and you told me that you know you you tell it to your son when he you know every morning when he goes off to school that's there's a lot to that. There's a probably a really great story to that. And, and if you, yeah, I, I would, I would strongly encourage you to do it because you, you, I mean, you're so engaging to talk to, but yeah, I think if, I guess from my perspective, I think the, the whole TEDx talk, it, I'll say this, I, it was, it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do. Um, I actually worked uh, or volunteered on, on the TEDx Salt Lake city steering committee for a couple of years. I, I was, I was, I loved what TED and TEDx was, was doing. Um, some of the most important things that I've learned have come through TEDx talks and, and TED talks. And I wanted to be involved in that as much as I could. And, and so from a, from a steering committee perspective, I was, I was heavily involved in the, the video aspect of it um, and ultimately what got uploaded uh, to YouTube. But I, I, I always told myself, like, I would never really want to do that. Um, but yeah, in 2019, I was kind of thinking about where I was headed in life and, and kind of what I wanted to be known for. And, and, you know, there's, there's, as a creative, I'm, I'm, I'm in a lot of different things. And, and I think story I realized was at the core of all of those things. And, and it was in that question that it was, I, like I said, I forgot, I first got that, that inkling to do it. Um, 
but I've always had this massive fear of, of public speaking and I, I would, I would classify myself as an introvert, a deep introvert. And, um, it was just a matter of, I think, you know, small steps over time eventually led to me finding the idea that I felt strongly enough to be able to stand on a stage and talk about, and then, you know, uh, applying to talk. It was like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I guess I'm okay, but I, I might as well try. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a process. The one story that I always tell about the process is, you know, it's the, at least for TEDx Salt Lake City, the, the, once you get selected, the act of going from your idea all the way up to actually standing on stage and giving your talk is, is a, is, is a lengthy process. You know, the first half is all about scripting your, your talk. The second half is all about being able to stand on stage and deliver the talk. And it, so about halfway through that, that entire journey, it's like, that's when the that's when the transition happens to the public speaking part of it and and I remember I was always looking at that calendar as that moment in time when I was like I'm dreading that like absolutely dreading it I I had I, I was doing okay with the scripting part of it like that's what I'm that's what I'm really passionate about and really good at but it got to the point where you know eventually I did have to stand on on a on a on a practice stage and in front of all of the other speakers who were speaking that year and it was it was actually really, really difficult. Um, it was uh, I, kind of a soul I, crushing moment. Yeah, can yeah. I stop, can I stop you? What is, I mean, when you say you're fearing it, what specifically, and I know there's a general fear of yeah. speaking to the public, what's the fear that you had? Oh, that is a deeper question. That I, don't, I don't know if I, I can answer it. I think, you know, at the root of it, I've always been the kind of person who's been more content listening than, than speaking. Um, that's been true since I was a kid. Um, and there's just something very vulnerable about putting yourself and uh, your ideas on display for a large amount of people to criticize, you know, and I, I try to think of myself as a pretty confident person, but, yeah, I don't know. I think when I, when it comes to that, that, that potential for criticism, that potential for <clears throat> vulnerability and putting yourself on display in such an open way, you know, is, has all, I've, it's just always been really difficult for me. I don't know. I wonder, cause I, I know that, you know, sometimes often I'm af not often, but you know, probably two or three times a year, I'm asked to speak in church mm. in front of a congregation of, you know, three, 400 people. And I've always had this this, you know, my, my theory is if I'm going to go up there and speak, I'm going to say something, even if it's something that people have already heard, it's going to be in such a new way that it resonates more. Cause my worst fear is, I guess, standing up there and just rambling on a bunch of words that nobody hears. Right. And there's no feeling behind it. Yeah. You know, not that it's, you know, in that setting, it's not about me necessarily, but I don't want to be, cause I've, we've all sat through snorta you know talks where you just like oh come on when when is this guy gonna be done and yeah. I, I i don't like i don't ever want to be that i want to be one entertaining because that's just you know maybe i like the attention but and just that people walk away and go oh that's that's cool i never thought about it that way or just a different perspective on something you know not just to yeah. be another another guy up there another talking head well when you when no you, substance yeah when you talk about it you know personal story, personal testimony, whatever it is, there's there, it, that it is personal to you. Right. And I think that there is something about it that rings true to you. I, I'm assuming that when you, when you talk about these things, there is a personal experience element to it, I would imagine. Right. And that's kind of where it rings true and finds it's, it's, I, I would say uniqueness or even your voice in it. And that's, I think where it becomes something in and of itself that might be different or, or, or more relatable to other people. But it, what's interesting about that is I, yeah, I relate it back, I guess, to, you know, at least my fear of it is like, I'm not on social media, you know, I'm, 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 which you should uh, be. Yeah. No. I, I, well, I think, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm trying to work on that part of it, but it's always been a matter of like, I think the, the key part of that is, is like, I was, I was always afraid that I would look back like <laughs> a year, two years, three years and look back at like, you know, look back at the things that I said and be like, what was I doing? And I realized that that's a part of it. And it's maybe I'm just highly self-critical, but I, I realized that 
I'm probably going to change a lot over, you know, the course of even a week or, or a year or two years. And, you know, I guess there's a, you know, and I guess a historic part of that to see how, how much you've changed over the years, but I'm just afraid to look at the stupid stuff that I say or said a couple of years ago. And I think that's at the core of why I finally got to the point where I could give that TEDx talk is I was like, if there was anything true that I believed in now, believed in four or five years ago, and will probably believe in, you know, 10 years, 20 years, I believe it to be that. Um, and that's ultimately, I think where, because my, my whole thing was, is I had to have entire confidence in, 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 I guess the, the idea for me to even try to get up on stage because I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. And I felt like if, as long as I had the confidence in the idea or, and what I was going to say, you know, I, I could at least get, get through it. So you mentioned, you know, looking back on old things that are stupid, you call them stupid. Um, <laughs> well, at I'm the time though, some stupid it, things. It, it's yeah. always, it, and it's easy to look back and go, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. But at the time you, it was probably a good idea. Yeah. So just, you know, having a perspective, I wouldn't say it's stupid. It's just different. And you've evolved and we've, you know, of course we, we look back and we're like, well, that was kind of stupid, but you do what you think's right at the time, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's actually kind of not, I, I remember when I started my little podcast, I was afraid to do it. And I just finally had this to do the first one. And it was just me. I think I was in the car driving down the freeway, just monologuing with my phone up to my face. And it was, you know, I, I just, I stuttered and stammered and, but I got it out and it, it's fun to look back at that one and to see how far I've come. You know, some would say you haven't come very far, but uh, I have, I might've grown a long, you know, a long way, come a long way and, and you just, you evolve and you refine it and you get better at it. And then, you know, and I don't want, and I like having it out there. I thought about, well, I'll just take all the yucky ones down, but I like having it all out there because other people can see your progress. Yeah, because it's we we tend to think that we can't help anybody through anything, or we can't coach somebody if we're not an expert in it. But I don't I don't believe that. I think you can help people along their path while you're on yours. You don't have to have arrived. I don't. <laughs> granted, if you have, you have more credibility. But I think it, you can identify with more people if they see that realness. Yeah. Well, that's I think you've hit it. Like the I think the big contradiction of me, you know. And I, I, you know, it's, I think that I, 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 I love telling stories. I love crafting journeys, uh, you know, whether it's through a story or an experience that's meant to feel like a story, you know, but yet at the same time, I can't, I can't take people along the journey in my own story. Right. And uh, <laughs> it's definitely something that I'm working on. And, and when I think about you and a lot of the other really close people in my life who are who are off doing really cool things incredible things creative things like I, I I've taken a lot of time you know going into 2021 thinking about well how do I want to improve myself uh and 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 people like you and, and like I said the other people that are really close to me that are creative and, and out there doing stuff putting themselves out there you know I, I'll say getting shit done um just putting themselves out in the world and, 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 and going on this journey, taking other people on this journey. That was a big part of, I think what this, what, what, what I'm trying to do in, in 2021 at least is, yeah, I guess, you know, for me, let go of some of my expectations that lead me to, you know, kind of a paralysis of, 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 of acting or, or putting stuff out into the world, but ultimately just getting shit done, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. And it, it doesn't say getting perfect shit done. It just says getting shit yeah, done. I, Exactly. Yeah. No, you're, you are. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how we are, can be our own worst critics most often. Cause I, you know, I may see more in you than you do because you see all the Mm. faults, which is normal. I mean, people often just recently, my wife just had her 50th birthday and we, and I did a, I gathered like 50 or no, not 50, like 30 people, 30 friends, close friends of hers and had them do a little video testimonial about why she matters to them. That's cool. And she, of course, she cried, which was the, which she, that was the objective. But she doesn't see herself like they do. And I, I, I hear all these people talking about her. And, and I, even I, because I live with her, I often don't see her like they see her because I'm with her all the time. But she's an amazing, amazing human. And all these people see that. And she, she doesn't think that 
that's her. She's like, they're talking about someone else, mm. which is weird. Yeah. That's, I don't know, Satan or whatever, the dark forces, whatever you want to call it, getting in your head and trying to keep you from growing. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know. It could be even an impetus to grow. Like it's a, maybe it's some sort of instinct, right? Where it's, you know, maybe, maybe if you hear or, or think too much of yourself, the way other people see you, you become comfortable in that and it, and, it, and it actually inhibits your own growth. But ultimately yeah. that's the opposite perspective of it, but I agree with you. And that's, I mean, that's cool that you did that for your wife. Uh, I'd actually love to see some of that, but uh, yeah, it's probably really personal, but yeah, I don't know. And uh, it's out there. I don't know how yeah. personal it's out Is there. It? Is well, it? I, I didn't post it, you know, on, on YouTube or anything, but yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's good. It's really good. It was really inspiring. And I'm like, wow, I should probably try to see her more like they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned, you mentioned the objective was, uh, that she, you know, you said that she cried and, and that that was the objective. What did you, well, what did, maybe what not did you... the objective. I just wanted it to touch her and, and make her yeah. feel cause you know, she's, she beats on herself a lot and, doesn't think she's you know of course we probably don't validate her as much as we should or that she needs and so i i knew that this would really you know boost her morale and make yeah. her feel good yeah because that was the objective to say you know you do you are pretty damn amazing and you forget it mm. i think sometimes yeah but even even from that perspective like it's amazing you know, like it wasn't your objective, at least the way you worded it was interesting to me. Like it wasn't your objective to convince her that she's amazing. You know, it's probably that she already knows that, you know, deep down, she just needs to feel it. Right. And, and yeah. I think it goes back to exactly what we're talking about. You know, it's, it's ultimately, there's all these people who, who, who feel about you in a certain way and we want you to feel what we feel about you. And yes, yeah. yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff all right man um so what's so what's next for josh taylor oh man so yeah this is this is the challenge i don't know um i think there's a lot of stuff this year that i'm that i'm kind of currently exploring um it's a big year for um ultimately i think if i was to relate it back to what um what uh, that book was that I, I shared with you, the crossroads of should and must there was ultimately, I guess this year is, is an interesting focus on, on the things that are my must, the things that are, are most essential to me. Um, uh, so, so family story writing um, and, and, and kind of those things, I, I would say that, um, yeah, I'm currently working on a couple scripts. I'm writing a book right now um, called Plot Struck that's basically about some of the similar stuff that we're talking about right now. Um, and then ultimately a podcast. The first season, sh season should be coming out uh, within the next couple weeks. So you can kind of keep your eye on that. But um, yeah, so a couple different things. So what's the podcast? The podcast is an interesting, has been an interesting journey, actually. Um, the podcast, I do it with a co-host. Uh, his name is Spencer McEwen. I've actually worked with him for about six years. Super incredible human um, with a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, but we we kind of came together when we realized that we, we wanted to do a podcast. We both wanted to put ourselves out into the world a little bit more. And there were some things that we were interested in exploring. We're both really passionate about story. We're passionate about change and transformation. Uh, we're passionate about culture and innovation. And so we decided to create this podcast called uh, The Swell Podcast. And the idea of the podcast is we went into it uh, with three core questions. Um, what does it take to challenge the status quo? What does it take to create something that never existed before? And what does it take to change the world? And the idea was, is, well, let's interview various different people with diverse skill sets, diverse backgrounds, and find core truths to those three questions. So we've, we've interviewed um, data artists who've turned data into visual stories uh, for Sundance and has work in MoMA. Uh, we've interviewed um, 
chief experience officers, um, licensed clinical social workers, uh, New York Times bestselling authors, various different people with different experiences and backgrounds. And, and, and ultimately, it's been really interesting to see some of the, the parallels and themes that have come out uh, around those three questions. Um, but yeah. And refer, re, those three questions are what again? So the first is, what does it take to create something that never existed before? Okay. What is it? And then the second one, what does it take to challenge the status quo? And the third is, what does it take to change the world? Got it. Yeah. So yeah, that that stat that status quo challenging the status quo. Mm -hmm. That's that's a that's a heavy one. So are you talking just the status quo on everything or something specific? No, on on anything that is status quo, um, because the status quo for different it, it mean will mean different some something different for different people. Like you know when I think about what's a good example of this. Um, Okay, well, so we, we interviewed uh, Greg McEwen, who wrote Essentialism, yes. right? And so that status quo, at least the way that the book presents it is, the status quo is this idea that, you know, we're not prioritizing our own lives. And if, if you don't prioritize your own life, somebody else will. Like, that's the whole premise of the book. And, and the idea is, is that challenging that idea to focus on what is absolutely, truly essential, you know, for whatever it is that you're trying to do in life, you know, and, and the essential element of that is interesting when you start to think about creating something new, or when you think about changing the world. Um, it's that intense focus on, on the most essential thing to you, and being able to say no uh, to certain things that, that aren't essential. And the idea is, is that across, across episodes, you know, we hope that when you hear something like Greg McEwen, and then you hear you know, somebody who is uh, like M. Capito, who talked about um, resiliency and the idea of going on these resiliency field trips, you know, like when you start to pair all of these different topics together and you start to look at it as a whole season, as a whole theme, that you'll find, you know, some sort of deeper truth. You know, um, I, I found it myself through all of the interviews. I'm currently in the, the we're, we're in the post-production side of it right now, but I found that. And I think that, you know, I think other people will as well when they when they listen to the episodes. Well, I, I when, when does this come out? Because I'm I'm excited. It sounds yeah. really deep, and I need some. I have a hard time getting my head around real deep things sometimes, so I, I probably need that practice. Well, hopefully, it's not too deep. There, there, it is. It is hopefully enjoyable and fun. But there are some deep elements to it. But yeah, it should come out within the next two weeks. So yeah, keep your eye on it. But I'll I'll, I'll send it to you when it's when it's ready. Maybe maybe deep isn't. But, uh... The uh, things that make you, th you know, it is well, yeah, deep is make you really the right think, word. Just to yeah. make really, oh, really think about things. You know, there was a song back in the '90s called "Things That Make You Go Hmm." You remember that? It was a stupid <laughs> little hip hop. I don't remember that. It was really popular, and things that make you go hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm interested in that. So what what about what about you? Um, Tell me about tell me tell me about your journey on the podcast. Like, I would love to know more about that. Like, and what 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 are, what are some of the things that you've learned through doing the podcast? That, well, my, the inspiration for it. Well, one of the inspirations for it was there's a TV series on BYU TV called Story Trek. Yeah, and they just randomly go to towns and they'll just randomly, literally, randomly knock on someone's door with their cameras and say, "What's your story? Tell me your life story." in you know 15 minute segment and of course their first reaction of people is who am i why who cares i'm just mm. i'm nobody <clears throat> and i don't believe that but they start poking those people a little bit and they realize well there's quite an interesting little story there and then when they're done interviewing that person they'll put a map of the town on the ground and take a sharpie marker and drop it and wherever that lands that's where they'll go next they literally it's that random and they just go you know, maybe it's a street corner. So they'll go to that street corner and then the first person they see, they'll ask them, Hey, do you want to tell us your story? And everyone has something. So the kind of the theme of my podcast podcast is everyone has a story that can either entertain, uplift or inspire. And there's, and everyone has one. I mean, um, there's a, another lady in our neighborhood who's a 911 operator. I mean, that's fascinating. So I interviewed her. She told me a story. Um, 
then you being my neighbor doing what you do that's that's interesting that's fascinating there's some cool things to that that i think everyone can grasp or you know grab a little bit a little nugget that that can help their own lives but there's no shortage uh, of of stories um my sister she has struggled with weight her whole life um i mean just obese for the last 30 years <clears throat> excuse me and i've been poking at her for years and years and years and years you know there's a reason why you know that nobody destroys themselves with food just because they're happy and ended up that she had um she was sexually abused when she was seven years old and never told a soul for 40 over 40 years and so one day she's like yeah i want to tell this story and that moved a lot of people so there's that's the whole premise is that I, I don't know, I, I'm just genuinely interested in people, especially people that I know don't agree with me and, you know, maybe mm -hmm. on politics or something. I'm just fascinated by, you know, what makes people tick in their stories and, and the why behind their life. And I think it's easy for us to think, who am I? Nobody wants to hear from me. I'm nobody, but nobody's nobody. So that's yeah. why I do it. And there's yeah, no shortage of stories. The biggest challenge is scheduling as you, you and I know, because it's taken us a year to, put this together well that's i mean yeah i think and that's just i think uh the victim of you know passions right sometimes the passions aren't the things that we do nine to five you know but the passion of of helping people or giving them a platform to share their stories and you know be being able to help those things get out of the world so not only is it helping the people who are sharing the stories but it's helping the people who you know, are ultimately going to hear these stories, you know, who may have shared similar experiences or, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing that you're doing. And, you know, what, what is it about like that idea of other people's stories, I guess, is, is there like a core, like, are you, are you simply just curious, are you fully just curious about all of the various different stories and, and kind of just like a deeper understanding of, of all these different people out in the world. Um, but at the heart of it, maybe there's a deep curiosity or. I think it's just, it's just trying to, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about the world and other people. And yeah, I, I've, for most of my life, I tended to, I tended to think a certain way because that's how I was raised. And that's just boring to be surrounded by people that think exactly like you do. Um, so I'm just fascinated by just, and maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe I'm doing this for me that I need these little bits of inspiration. Um, for example, there's a, uh, there's a young mom in our neighborhood. I don't know if you know her or not, but she's, she's got three, three children and she's a business owner. And when we first moved into this area, um, she was significantly overweight and the la over the last couple of years, she has transformed herself and now does these you know, female bodybuilding competitions and just the discipline wow. that she has, you know, and it's just uh, fascinated by just, you've seen the before and after pictures and, and, and just my, my fascinating with, fascination with her story was just the, what mindset do you have that made you decide to do that and stick with it and continue to go down that road and discipline yourself to, can you know, to do more and more of these and just, and still, be a, an attentive mother and a business owner and do all these things. How do you do that? You know, and that's just a fascinating, you know, things like that just fascinate me because maybe there's something I can take to, to keep me from getting complacent and comfortable and lazy because mm -hmm. my general nature is to just sit on my butt and do nothing. And I don't yeah. want to do that because <clears throat> that will get me nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can relate to that. I think um, that's really interesting. And yeah, I would love to know more about like, because yeah, I mean, I, I have I have similar experiences. And I think the way I look at story is kind of shaped in a similar way to what you just explained, maybe I do it for me. And I think that, you know, the more and more I, I, I create stories, and the more and more I, especially like just fictional stories, that's not for a client, that's not for anybody. But the more and more I do that, the more and more I think like, maybe I'm simply doing this as a way of exploring like certain thoughts and certain ideas. And, and as much as I'm maybe sharing stories for other people at the same time, the process of, of, of creating these stories, or as you know, in your, in your situation, discovering these stories in a podcast, it's, there, there is a great deal of, of, of learning and, and self-exploration uh, and understanding, I think, 
uh, specifically in the, the process of creating a story, you know, you have to be, you have to be somewhat vulnerable and honest with yourself, I think, in, in terms of some of the choices that you make and the decisions that you, that you choose. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing though, but I, I love that. And uh, who is, who's, who's the, do you have, you have somebody next on, on, on like on deck for, for the podcast? Is there? Yeah, I do. Who's, who's that? It's a, a friend of mine, uh, somebody I used to work with, four or five years ago. And, uh, recently, you know, I didn't keep very good touch with him and we weren't like best buddies, but he was just, he, he was one of those people where you meet and you're like, I want that guy in my life. Cause he's a good human. Mm. And he moved back East. And, uh, I saw this, um, GoFundMe account for him and didn't really think much of it. And, and then realized how serious it was. And he's, he's had some like hip pain, or back in hip pain for a couple of years, you know, he thought it was from an old injury or something. And ultimately they did some MRIs and found out he had bone cancer in his pelvis. That mm. was just incredibly aggressive. And so he ended up having a pelvectomy, which I'd never even heard of before. They literally had to cut off. It was only in the left side of his pelvis. So they literally amputated his, the left side of his pelvis. Mm. So literally the dude lost half of his body and I can, I can, I can get my head around, you know, losing a limb below, you know, losing a limb or something, but to lose the entire pelvis. So basically everything from his rib cage on his left side is gone. So a perfectly good leg had to be taken off, mm. but that saved his life. Yeah. And he's been back in the hospital multiple times with infections and then had to have his, um, large intestine removed and and i'm just thinking that and he's still he's just he's, he calls himself the phoenix you know you know phoenix rising from the ashes and he you know he's got like part two and three and his story of just the, the mental resiliency that he has to 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 endure and to just keep on going you know with that like I say I, I can imagine losing a limb that's i can get my head around that you can do a prosthetic or something and still walk but I don't know what, you know, how do you, how do you adjust your life to that? Mm -hmm. So he's my next one. Man, that's going to be. And I was yeah. just grateful that he's, we, I asked him about it and I said, Hey, this may sound selfish and personal, but would you share this? Because I think so many people, people can be inspired by how you have kept a good attitude. I'm sure he's had his dark moments. Um, but so that yeah, he's my next one. Yeah. Is there, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting discussion. Is there any way, like, is there any overlay overlaying theme to how you choose who you, who you talk to? Because I mean, from, from that example uh, for your next episode and, and, and also, uh, the bodybuilder, you know, there definitely seems to be this theme of keep on going you know resiliency i mean is that yeah i mean yeah, it seems... i guess i mean yeah i could see where you you could you know and maybe i haven't thought too much about it i'm just fascinated with if, if i think if I, if I know of somebody that's got an inter interesting story yeah yeah um, i just want to hear about it so yeah, yeah the, i guess there's a pattern of a lot of them you know that come from something really horrible and turned it around and turn it into something good or just something kind of in, innocuous like Oh, like my, my, my daughter during when the whole pandemic thing started happening, I interviewed her because what she was, she was capitalizing on all the downtime and, and perfecting her music skills. And she played, she played some songs she was learning on the guitar and the piano. I mean, that mm. a big, big grand change, but how she was taking advantage of some downtime and some weird, weird times in our world and, and pushing herself to. So yeah, it's just always, maybe pushing, pushing oneself to do, you know, do, to do more, to do better. I don't know. That's kind of yeah. where I hadn't really thought about a general theme other than I'm just interested in people's stories. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, what popped into my mind was like, and if that's the case, you generally, you're probably going to find just by the nature of, of how stories work, you're going to find, right. You're going to find ultimately what's interesting about that is you're going to find those, 
those unique problems that, that people faced and, and ultimately uh, some, some, some goal that they're striving for, you know, and ultimately all the, all the conflict that they face, like that is inherent in story. And I think, yeah, it's really interesting that, yeah, it sounds like you're, you, you're really good at pulling those things out um, of your guests. Do our, our event, I, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm asking you a lot of questions about That's your okay. podcast. No, it's yeah. fine. I actually enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm interested to, you know, is, yeah, never mind. I won't go there. Sometimes I have a tendency oh, to go. I have a tendency go to go to, I have a go tendency there, to man. just keep. Don't be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm interested, I guess, in just the experience and all the various different stories that you've, that you, that you've come across and like, are there any moments where it's been too tough for you? Um, like, or too like tough for the other person? one um one recently it's a friend of mine who does a podcast also and it's called Heidi's Lemonade Stand and she 20 years ago had an actual radio show in Salt Lake City mm. uh, about basically turning lemons into lemonade and she would interview all sorts of people who turned something crappy in their life into something good and it was her story as as to why she started it that was that was pretty heart-wrenching and I knew the story she told me a year ago but to hear her talk about the story behind why she did the show I mean this she was she was bullied and as in, as a young child you know as a teenager young teenager she was bullied and she's 48 years old now and still chokes her up and makes her hurts her this many years later and that's why one of the reasons she started her you know, show among other, there's other reasons, other you know, aspects of the story that uh, are even a lot darker, but that's why she did it. And to, yeah, that was not, it wasn't hard, but it's like, I, I started getting choked up and I don't get choked up ever. You know, I'm like, my wife accuses me of having no soul sometimes. Cause I don't, I don't cry. <laughs> and I just, I just react differently to things, but that was to see her this many years later, still, still choking up over that that pain that, that, you know, some idiot caused her, you know, many idiots caused her in, in when she was young was tough because she, she had planned to kill herself multiple times mm. at 13 years old. You know, that's crazy. So that was, that was like, oof, dang. And there's a, I want to interview. Um, I have a niece who's transgender now. And I, I want to interview her if she's willing, because I don't understand that. And I want to understand that just all the different things that are going through someone's mind. I want to talk about really hard things. And and just just for the just the point to understand them for mm -hmm. people. Is, you know, whether it's politics or the world, you know, the world's changing fast. And I'd I'd love to talk about just really difficult things that we tend to just brush under the carpet because they're hard. You know, that's where I want to go with some. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a unique mindset that I think more people would be good. It, it'd be good if more people had, I think, right? Like we all have our opinions and ideas about the world, the way that we see it, I think. Right. But the way that you're talking about it is like, just generally you're, you're just interested in, in understanding other people, understanding different perspectives. There's, there's a, there's a part of that that says, yeah, I'm okay if my ideas and opinions change the fact that you're doing that, right? Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it will eventually lead to new opinions and new ideas and growth. And I think, you know, um, not everybody, not everybody is uh, as open to that as. It's hard. It's hard, yeah, to, it it's hard to, to think, you know, all these ideas that I've been taught and been pounded into my brain my whole life are maybe they're, maybe they aren't the best way and it's easy to get comfortable and I don't want to be comfortable anymore. I've been comfortable my whole life and I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing that. It's, it's, it's boring. Mm -hmm. frankly. So I want to try to interject as much, you know, I'm not going to go be seeking out crazy weird things, but, but maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah maybe this podcast will turn dark <laughs> <clears throat> well that uh, yeah i don't know I, give me an example then the last question i'll ask about your podcast then give me an example of like a, a really light enjoyable one like one that you know that 
you know might make me laugh or 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 other people who are listening right like other people like yeah it's really enjoyable yeah well there i mean i think they're all enjoyable but you know oh more- yeah no <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> yes <clears throat> get you um and i knew that's not what you meant but yeah i have a friend my one of my best friends has been the the mascot for the denver nuggets for 30 years and you know i think we we i titled that one uh, my life as a cartoon mm. and uh just talking to him about that whole world and you know because i you know i was in it for a few years as well in denver also um just that whole life you know being able to communicate without words mm. is, is a fun and you're literally a cartoon character you know that don't you don't speak everything you everything you communicate is through just physical comedy and so you know to be doing that for 30 years and he's probably the best in the all of professional sports better better than the bear from utah jazz so i would i don't know yeah i mean yeah i think so i mean jazz bear was phenomenal he you know the guy that did it for really really, you know he's not it's not the same guy anymore but yeah he was he was phenomenal as well you know do you know do you know who that do you so do you know that guy too i i I mean i know who he is i'm not like we're friends but i i've met him a couple of times because we've when I was still a mascot, we did a big old reunion up at Utah State University because I I tried out and was the mascot there for a very very short time. Um, so we had this big mascot reunion of all the mask all the people who were mascots at Utah State that went on to do other mascotting things. Mm. And then we invited him and you know a couple of their local ones to that. So I but we're not like friends, but I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, and he was amazing. Yeah. And these, you know, these guys are 50 years old now and, and still doing these things. You know, my Nuggets friend, he's 54 and still, still, still going. He's amazing. They do, they do some, they do some wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dangerous and, stuff. Interesting. I, when I was a mascot, I never did any physical anything. I just tried to rely on my personality because one, I was afraid to try. Cause when you're in, you're in a, you have a mascot costume on you. Your peripheral vision is gone. Yeah. So to try to do all those things, looking out, you know, this cave of a head that you have on is, is a challenge, but yeah, it's fun. You could act like you're six years old and get paid for it. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So well, when you're really good, the audience, like that becomes a, a, a like an important moment to the experience of a professional sports, you know, oh, yeah. like, some of my favorite moments, like, I remember being in, uh, you know, at, at the uh, at a jazz game for you know the playoffs, and you see the the jazz bear standing on this what is it like, it was like thirty foot ladder. I have no idea how tall it was, but he's standing at the top of this ladder, like banging these things together, and I'm like, what are you doing? And the whole sledding down the I don't know if you yeah if sledding yeah, those stairs sledding down the stairs like yeah it was always just amazing to me and. Yeah, I don't know. I have a huge respect for for mascots. I think the stuff that you guys do is is incredible. Yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun world. You know, yeah. it's like say it's a clown. You're a clown. It's good. So. <laughs> well, anyway, man, um, you've we've kind of turned this around, and you're interviewing me now. But it's just fun. Yeah. Uh, in, in wrap, wrapping this up for this night, and I want to do this again because there's there's so much we can talk about. But sure, uh, is there anything that uh, maybe I should have asked you that I didn't that you want people to know? Just to kind of how about the whole, but you or the storytelling as an art form. Oh man, no, I think I mean there's there's so many questions out there that you know that we could ask, and I would say, um. <laughs> all right i'll say this so you don't need to ask ask me any more questions about story but um if there's anybody at, like the people who are listening to this um maybe you just give me some encouragement to go and be more active on social media <laughs> you know so maybe just give me a give me a follow or something like that on facebook or instagram or whatever you can find me at like joshing taylor at joshing taylor on any of the platforms you won't see very many posts from me but you know maybe if if I see more people hop in and they're like, do this. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot, but yeah. Yeah. Cause you are, I mean, you, you, you're an incredible, uh, incredibly creative person. I love chatting with you and the fact that you Thanks. aren't that you, that you feel like you're not comfortable in that 
arena where you can be still, you can be uh, an introvert in social media. You totally can because you're behind the scenes doing it. So you, yeah, get your stuff out there, man. Get shit done. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. And maybe after I get something done a piece of shit but i get when i get a piece done. of it done <laughs> you know maybe maybe you can have me back on and we'll chat about that but um yeah no well, it, maybe it was after great you fun. launch your podcast yeah for sure yeah i would love to talk to you about that once once it comes out and you have a chance to listen to the episodes i, I have so many like funny technical stories just about small issues but also some really interesting you know, learning lesson or lessons that I've learned through, through, through the, through the podcast that I'd love to talk to you about and also find out, you know, what you, what, you know, as you listen to the episodes, what you, what you took away from it. So I, it might okay. turn into like a half of an episode where I, where I talk to you and ask you more questions, but that's as fun. long as that's okay. Yeah, yeah totally. And I'd love to do that. That'd be awesome. And then I'm going to get a cool background like yours. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Cause mine's lame. <laughs> there's there is uh there is a style to that you know it's it says something but uh yeah i don't know i don't know man yeah okay well dude i i've appreciated this has been fun and uh let's not uh wait so long well you know agreed waiting so long to, to to chat you know it's we get busy with life and stuff and trying to make money and feed our kids and all that right imagine all that right yeah man so but anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap, let's do that. And I thank you again for being on. And um, I'll let you know when this is uh, when, we, when we pop this up. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Brian. This yeah, is, man. It was great fun. All right. All right. Okay. We'll see you. See you. Bye. You're still here. Click on the next episode for more from the Parish to Thought Show. Thank you again for listening to the Parish to Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us.